Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision-making. I'm here with Sarah Nonu and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights, and this week we're discussing unemployed wizards. What is this? Unemployed wizards. Well, you you might or might not be aware that uh, New Zealand uh, employed a wizard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He was called he was called Ian Brackbury Channel, born in Britain actually. Okay. But at some point moved over there to Christchurch, New Zealand. Yes. Which I believe is in the South Island. Yes. Um, and uh, I assumed this was some cash in because of Lord of the Rings, but no, he's been wizard there. Though he's been the wizard of New Zealand since 1998. Okay. So they obviously, you know, employed him as a wizard before before the films mm. were released. Mm. Paid about £8,000 a year to perform acts of wizardry, it says in his contract. Um, he really looks the part as well. He really does look like a wizard, this yeah. guy. Okay. He's been fired. Oh. Yeah. Taken oh. off the public payroll. Right. Why? Why? Well, you might think this has got something to do with the fact that since his tenure, Christchurch has suffered several major earthquakes and one of the worst terrorist attacks in New Zealand's history, mm, mm. And, as well as his own house uh, burning down. But apparently it's not because of sheer wizard, wizarding incompetence. Apparently it's because, um, well, I, there's a wonderful piece of uh, awful like PR speak here. And yeah. I, I would, wouldn't mind it if Sarah could read this out in a really officious, annoying Kiwi accent. The promotional landscape in Otatahi Christchurch is changing, with new and different promotional programs that will increasingly reflect our diverse communities and showcase a vibrant, diverse modern city that is attractive to residents, domestic and international visitors, new businesses and skilled migrant workers. So no wizards, basically. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. Perfectly yeah. delivered, Sarah. That's probably exactly how she sounds. Um, so so the, anyway... He was a bit uh, too wizardy. And not, well, not, not yeah, not really, enough. not so, divert. But I, who and, knows? Yeah, who knows precisely why they did it? Yeah, but perhaps a good enough reason is that wizards don't do anything and are a waste of public money. Yeah, that I, would be the first. You got to wonder what he was doing all his year for these eight grand. This eight yeah, grand that year, right, know? exactly. Well, um, he uh, allegedly in 2016 enabled a plane to land by clearing the fog. He cast a spell, <laughs> and the fog disappeared. <laughs> So he, you know, he's doing something. But uh, I thought I'd briefly cover the economics of not this wizards. This feels like we're, we've, stra- we've strayed into an episode of Flight of the Concord or something. So the, anyway, the, 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 um, just the theory of uh, why we don't need wizards or might need wizards is specifically the fact... Now, if he'd been employed by a corporation, no problem, right? It's like, well, if is he adding value? Is he adding more than £8,000 worth of value with his spells? They could make that decision. Yeah. The problem with here we've got here is that in a market economy, yeah. the the first assumption that you have is that a pound that you, a person living in New Zealand, spends, yeah. um, should probably say dollar. Yeah. A dollar that you spend uh, is the best possible use of that dollar, assuming um, that there isn't some sort of market failure, right? Mm-hmm. So assuming that markets are efficient, mm. then you having the dollar is going to be that dollar is going to find its way to a more a better use of that dollar for, as far as your happiness is concerned than if the government spends it for you. Mm. That's the theory. 
So you've got uh, various different types of market failure, things like, um, you know, you've got to have lots of buyers and sellers. So if you have big like natural monopolies like, you know, electricity companies or something, you've got to regulate those because they you can't have hundreds and hundreds of electricity companies or railway companies. Uh, you assume that consumers have perfect information. So that's a problem in things like education and healthcare, for example, where it's very hard to tell how good you know, hospital is or, or you know, and, the, and that the, the products aren't really homogenous in, in a hospital. So there's, a, you know, that there's argument, those sorts of things tend to be arguments about whether that's uh, a market failure. And if so, what should be done? The other key thing is that there's no externalities, right? So an externality is where um, is where someone is producing something which is valuable or potentially harmful, mm. but there's no market for that thing. So pollution is the classic example. If I'm polluting a river, mm. if no one really owns that river, um, or if it's you know owned in such a way that I, I don't really, I can't, I can't stop your pollution coming into my bit of the river. I can't charge you for polluting my river, um, or alternatively, I can't pay you to stop doing it because there's just no way of of turning that into a marketable commodity, right? So. Um, that that is the issue here that i think they would make the argument that he's not producing a positive enough externality to justify the use of eight thousand pounds worth of so sixteen thousand kiwi dollars of um a year of of wizarding outcomes i just want to um interject here this yeah i just and and this reminds me of when i was at school is as i developed a theory which, oh God. which was the the McGrewer the, theory? Yeah, let's call it that. Um, the the more uh, exotic, vibrant, and exciting the um, the cover of a book, the the more boring mm. the subject contained within. Other people sometimes say, "Don't judge a book by its cover." Right? Um, You're saying you can you can, but you it's the invert it's inverse yeah, proportion. Right? True. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought we were going to be talking about wizards. Right. And I know and, and I know that I really, thought you were gonna say that because this guy dresses like a wizard, he's probably really boring. I thought no, you were going in that direction. No. The I thought we'd be talking about wizards, which I think is really interesting. We, and we quite we, fun. We're gonna get on to wizards, and but I thought I'd better about, cover off the argument from You started talking about basic economics. Mm. Um and we're I know I know really what we're talking about, as we always do, we're really talking about something else, and really what we're talking about is super su- Superfluosity. Well, or something I, I will. Like I'll get. I'll get to this. Can um, I just talk about what he does as a wizard? Okay, so we're back onto the wizard, yeah. right? You've got me again, Sarah. Is anything you want to come in with? Just wanted to ask how how many years was it that he was the wizard for? Twenty three years. Twenty three. Okay. He must so have been. He, 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 he amounts like, to some third I, of a million Kiwi dollars. Right. So I have heard of the wizard in Christchurch. From, yeah. Because obviously I'm the token New Zealander in the room. But that would not be a draw card for me to ever go to Christchurch, even as a child who would thought wizards were cool. Because also, I don't even know how you would find the wizard because from... Oh, he'd find you. Oh. He's a wizard. That's creepy. And I don't like that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to avoid that wizard. Um, Wait, hold on. Tell me more about Christchurch then. How is it perceived in, in New Zealand? Is it seen as a bit of a boring town or something? No, I don't think so. I mean, they've they've really pushed since the earthquakes the rebuild and trying to get like more of a tourist population going down there. Um, as well as jobs, they're trying to grow their economy. What do again, Aucklanders but... think of Christchurchians? Um, I bet they think they're really rural backwater type people. 
Well, I think it's more like what a Christchurch people think of Aucklanders because no one really likes Aucklanders. Really? They're so mm. brash. They're called Jeffers. What is it? Okay, why? Don't. I. Just, but it's derogatory. Yeah. Okay. That's basically it. I mean, most of my family's from, well, actually, I didn't grow up at Auckland, but all my family's from Auckland, so I shouldn't say too much. But I'm still just really interested at why we there was a wizard for over 20 years in Christchurch and like as Nick's been saying, like what is it that he's actually producing? Mm. How do you measure that value? Okay. Because it's not like he's getting paid by the public for anything, is he? Unless he's getting paid to get rid of the fog. Yeah, good. Very. But that's the, I think the pertinent question. So here. do we have some insight on what he was doing? Well, acts of wizardry. Is that but, job description? <laughs> well, to, looking for a wizard. Acts of wizardry. Let's just. Let's turn to no less an authority than Alistair Crowley himself, the great beast, the master of early 20th century English magic with a K, who said that magic is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with will. (laughs) So let's assume that this wizard is doing something along those lines. He's causing changes to occur. Yeah. Yeah. to, to the world. Now, I see this is now this is whether or not it comes back to the externalities question. Because a wizard might, for example, be capable of casting a spell that gave you the ability to get a pay rise. Mm. He might he might cast a spell and you would get a pay rise. Now, um that that might be some sort of rent seeking behaviour. It might be that he's inducing the company to give you more money than you deserve or something. But he might do it by making you better at your job. Wizard might cast a spell which makes you better at your job. You have become more valuable all of a sudden. It's quite right that you, the wizard, be compensated for that. And if they were providing those kinds of services, you would expect there to be some market rate for for wizarding along those lines. But if you look at the kinds of things that um, the Wizard of New Zealand were doing, was doing, I think they're more in the in the line of uh, you know a positive externality. So I think he's pr- presumably oh, we know that he can change the weather because he mm. made some fog disappear. Yeah. Um, and one assumes that I don't know. Perhaps he's casting spells that promote happiness or yeah. or you know harmony. Yeah. I would imagine, or or perhaps he's warding off evil spirits or something. But yeah. no doubt he's hard at work on a on another plane, another realm that we see little of. Frankly, but, I'm surprised no doubt, he didn't get paid more. Maybe. Yeah, I'm surprised he just didn't cast a spell to keep his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's there's a question there, but perhaps that's unethical in the wizarding world. <laughs> I don't know. Don't but, know the wizarding um, rules, but I I want to say that I think you know this this is now you know I'm a hardcore economist. Mm. I'm as hardcore as they come, and I was extremely uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Propriety, propriety and integrity, which are the watchwords of the of the civil service. We're all geared around that. This is the public's money we're dealing with. It's not ours. We shouldn't be wasting it on stuff like wizards. Um, but I think. There is more value in things like wizards than a kind of strict accounting method would would um, would suggest. Like if you even if you were to go out and measure his outcomes to go and say, okay, well, let's see exactly work out exactly, you know, would this fog have cleared eventually? Almost certainly not. It might have stayed there for 20 years and the airport would have to close if it were for the wizarding intervention. (laughs) But the point is that, you know, there's there's that. Let's measure his his outcomes. But even apart from that, even if he wasn't doing anything, isn't it just nice that there's a wizard, that the the people in New Zealand have a wizard on the payroll? And it's only 8,000 quid a year. What are you moaning about? But also when you start thinking about other stuff as well, I presume he was was paid by the municipality, is that correct? Yeah, I think that's right. 
And I mean, okay, you might as well say, and okay, it's not paid by the municipality and it's probably an independent body in itself, but um, the church, you know, the Christian church in, in, in New Zealand, which is probably Church of England, I'm guessing, sort of, you know, that sort of, yeah, is that about right? Do you know? Okay, Sarah doesn't know. I went to a Catholic high school. Right, okay. And I'm but not you... Catholics, I'm something else. So. I think they would yeah, probably yeah. call it Anglican. Anglican. Yes, my mum is yeah, Anglican. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. there you go. So, but you could argue, hey, this this organisation is wasting its time on what, frankly, are kind of wizards, really, let's be honest. Well, and, this is getting a bit controversial, <laughs> isn't it? And, you know, what are they really doing? They're doing, doing these prayers and stuff. That they, they go to some guy in the sky with the beard and it all helps. So, I mean, just... just as a point of comparison, because when you start, we, we we talked about cults before. Now, mm. wizardry is obviously way beyond a cult. It's not that, but it's you know, practically a science. Yeah, it's it's. Let's just try and be fair in here. Just do some comparisons. You could, you know, all that money they probably wasted on gardeners or something. I, I don't know, um, but I think that's a great example because I'm a, a big old atheist, mm. and yet I love the fact that the Church of England is mm. there. Mm. I think it's great, and I would, and I would uh, happily, I. I I don't know how publicly funded it is, mm. if at all. I know, obviously, they make quite a lot of money from just la- holdings of land and stuff. Mm. Um, I, just, I, just, I genuinely don't know. But I would be happy for it to be publicly funded. I, I like the idea of just having it there, of having these yeah. churches you can wander into, yeah. uh, you know, having, as you say, sort of wizards or priests or whatever they're called, mm. um, casting spells yeah. uh, is a great thing. It's just very cool. And I, and I, I feel like there's an existence value to having weird things that is you know the alternative point viewpoint is always what i consider that i would call the sort of land of hospitals which is whenever the government spends money on a new building or something fun someone goes oh yeah yeah. you could you could buy a new hospital with that and i'm like these people won't be happy until britain is just one big bloody hospital yeah you know it's like (laughs) does everything have to be a hospital can we not spend money on things that are just a bit frivolous and i I sort of think you know most half of the things we have been left by former generations Mm. including cool stuff like the space program Mm. are there would would probably come out negative on the whole you know well how much value has this produced but Mm. i just think it's a huge amount of value in having it there yeah it's it's a bit like i guess another putting one another way of putting it is would you rather live in a world um where there was no wizard in Christchurch, or do you want to live in a world where, for eight grand a year of New Zealand dollars, you've got a wizard? Any sane person would say, "I want the latter." Please. Well, Sarah, you're from there. I mean, do you do you prefer New Zealand with or without wizards? <laughs> but this is going to tie into self perception as well. Yeah, I mean, I would like the idea of wizards. I mean, I would prefer it if they were real. But I think it would be like it's not. It's not harmful like it's fine i was just thinking about it though like essentially what he is is a mascot right like he is something that provides some kind of he might not provide any monetary value in terms of what he's bringing in but he's providing some kind of social emotional value you know i'm sure the kids would have loved to have seen the wizard Mm. harry potter fans almost probably geek out about him so there is some like role that a mascot has anyway you think about all our sports teams um companies they all have some kind of like mascot thing that represents them and their values so having having a wizard represent Christchurch I don't know if I'd say represents New Zealand but it's not a bad bad shout well I mean New Zealand is has become the uh, you know it's very strongly associated with wizards of course as a result of Lord of the Rings so why not keep it up you know more wizards but well exactly but uh, a wizard army 
I, so I think this is this question of, you know, uh, this quote by Voltaire, which I really like, which mm. is the superflu shows très nécessaire. Mm. There's the superfluous, a very necessary thing. And I think that this, I, I just like, I, as you say, it's like, well, which world would you rather live in? The land of hospitals or a land of wizards? And I uh, think there's no doubt about it. Like having pointless luxuries is really nice. I think it's well worth the cost in many on on, on many occasions. It's like, why do we want? Isn't the, it the houses... definition of civilization and progress? Almost, right. Why do we want the houses apart? It's like, uh, so one of my former bosses, for example, he was really hardcore about public money. He yeah. was like a crusader. So he wants to he abolish like, the House of Commons. Yeah, get rid of that. Turn some, it into yeah. a hotel and just get a new build office somewhere in Swindon, and then they can just go there. And I was and I was like. I feel like we're missing something mm. if we were to do that. There's yeah. something about that kind of the history, the culture, all of these things which are intangible. And unfortunately, there really is no really good. I mean, ideally, the way that you'd measure it is you'd almost you'd sort of have a whip round. There are ways of doing it. But you'd say, how much how much everyone do you want to pay to, towards the upkeep of the House of Commons? And the assumption is that, you know, in a democracy, if people felt strongly about it, uh, there would be a, a political party would emerge where they said, right, we're going to move to Swindon and everyone will vote for them because they consider it such a waste of money. Royal family. I think royal families like are wizards, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, again, do you want to live in a world with the wizards and the kings and the queens or a world of roundabouts in Swindon and hospitals? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's you know yeah, 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 yeah. so so right. that's one way in which superfluous things can be valuable they can be valuable because this nebulous concept of existence value is actually much more important than we give it credit for. but there's an irony actually that well i was gonna say there's an irony in this but it's an irony that is contained in that quote by volta which is you know the the, the superfluous stuff is is very necessary um just the fact that it doesn't that you don't need it it's not necessary makes means you definitely do need it um yeah i'm, I'm just sort of i feel the same way, way what he's just about said. in a very much more mundane way about things like traveling first class on the train which is you know mm. it's a technically a cost it's probably you know in some way i don't really need to travel first class on the train it's you know instead of 40 quid it costs 80 quid but it is so worth it because you think you know what i'm going first class i've got this to myself and it's like you know um it is as you say the fact you don't need to be doing it is half the fun mm, mm. um but there is another reason why superfluous things are useful mm. and and this is the whole sort of good i need some ammunition with this for my for my wife because she keeps telling me how useless <laughs> I am, so go on. ah this might work okay but it's the titanic lifeboat situation okay and it comes down to the fact that we cannot foresee the future Okay. So it boils down to this, uh, but there are physical limits on the speed with uh, the speed with which you can produce stuff and to change what you're doing. Those two things put together mean that there's value in just having a contingency, having things you don't think you'll need. It's good to have things around that you don't think you'll need because you don't know when you might need them. This is insurance. <clears throat> well, insurance is one way of almost compensating for the fact you didn't have them when you needed them. Mm. Um, but the it's really uh it's it's more this idea of reserves of sort of contingency planning of saying there's there's a big risk if we go over take ppe in the nhs mm. um you know before the pandemic it's the mm. same thing like we didn't have enough we could have stockpiled it and had a warehouse full of it and you know we didn't because we it was outside our forecasts and we should have said well you know what We're, there's there's more uncertainty about the future than we 
than we think there is. And we need to factor that in by having more stuff than we think we're going to need. You can't do everything just in time. It's just not possible. So I can see this is the beginning of a campaign. Um, more wizards in yeah, case one into, day... Yeah, to the municipality of Christchurch. Well, what if the Dark Lord Sauron emerges, you know, from his slumber with an army of, of Balrogs? And now go and join the army. But actually, this is not a million miles away from... Is it the... Uh, I forget whose argument for the existence of God it is. Um, it was the mathematician bloke. Um which is, look, you might as well believe in God. Oh, Pascal's wager. Pascal, there you go. Um, because, you know, what if you do get to heaven and it turns... Well, sorry, you die and it turns yeah. out you, there is a God and, well, look, you, you, you're you buggered if you've not been believing in him. So you might as well believe in him. Yes, yeah, I mean... It's I, more a million miles it's away more, from that. You can be more rigorous because you don't want to just say, well, let's just buy the maximum possible amount of stuff that we would need because that really would be a waste because, mm. you know, they deteriorate. Mm. Stocks mm. generally deteriorate. Yeah. So you go, But you want more than you think you'll need, I think, is, is as far as I'll go, mm. while saying that you could be scientific about it. But you shouldn't be just getting stuff based on your central estimate of what you expect to need. You always should have more than that. Um, at, you know, at the, at the minimum, you should have what you expect to need and you should almost always have more. Mm. And so, you know, the, you've got... I mentioned lifeboats on Titanic. would have been handy to have a few more. Mm. Um, military... But they didn't plan on the whole ship going down. Mm. You know, thought they might need them for various reasons, but not the idea of it sinking was not planned for mm. um military reserves mm-hmm. we've got military reservists mm. more than more so we've got more people to call on than we think we need even in a battle you have reserves so that you mm. can deploy them for reasons that you don't now know but you will find out at some point um tins in your cupboard we covered preppers didn't we yeah and um and of course wizards so you know the problem with wizards is you can't there's a bit of a wizard paradox, really, which is you cannot just summon a wizard up on demand unless you are a wizard. So you have to have one to begin with. And so if Christchurch suddenly found itself in need of magic, yeah, it's, of wizarding, what's acts, it do? it's buggered. Yeah. You know, this guy spent 23 years becoming an absolute ace wizard and and they're going to find suddenly that they'll need Puff. him back and he'll have gone. Yeah, yeah. Puff. exactly. <laughs> Unless in Christchurch's most, even though he's no longer employed, doesn't mean he stops being a wizard, right? So a true wizard, I'm sure, at the moment of, of, of a, you know, a bit like in Lord of the Rings, when mm. they really need Gandalf. He, he arrives on the seventh yeah, at day. at that moment to save the day. And he will be born aloft on the shoulders of Christchurchians. <laughs> and, yeah, no, no doubt, yeah. Um, rue the, they'll rue the day, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to stop there. Um, Sarah, anything to say at all? No. No, I don't think so. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. More wizards. Just why not more wizards? Yeah. I think we need to stop there. Do you have... Um, yeah, I know you, you. obviously you've got the, this exciting indigenous ancestry. Mm. What's the religion like there? Do they have something like wizards? No. Oh. No, but there are stories that like talk about like magic and stuff. Like I remember being younger... And my cousin would tell me stories from Samoa um, that always had some kind of element of magic or some something. Mm. But I don't know anything more than that. Are, are there any practitioners of the old religion anymore? I, 
I don't know. Uh, okay, well. Like a lot of. Um, yeah, that's sad. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Displaced I just by all those damn wizards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wizards coming in. Yeah. It's, it's wizard colonialization. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to take back my um, earlier assertion about something being colourful actually being boring. Because I really enjoyed that, actually. Oh, okay. Especially when we, yeah, when we really got into the depth of, of superfluousness. And, um, yeah, I think that was quite a... Um, I think it was fun. I think it was fun. Good. All right, we'll Let's hope there. the listeners do too. <laughs> Let's hope so. Thanks, as always, for listening. If you've any thoughts or suggestions for topics, you can email us at podcast at uh, We'd love to hear from you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't... Well, what should people do? Nick... Well, they, they should, even though it's uh, they don't need to, they should like and subscribe. They should indeed. Thank you. We'll stop there. Thanks very much. I'm Fraser McGrew. Been here with Nick Hare and Sarah Nonu of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.